0: Tonight, we escape to a lonely lighthouse off the steaming jungle coast of French Guiana and a nightmare world of terror and violence. As George Tudou's describes it in his hair-raising tale, Three Skeleton Key.
2: Picture this place. A gray, tapering cylinder, welded by iron rods and concrete to the key itself. A bare, black rock, 150 feet long, maybe 40 wide. That's at low tide. At high tide, just the light, rising 110 feet straight up out of the ocean. And all about it, the churning water. Gray-green, scum-dapple, warm as soup and swarming with gigantic bat-like devil fish, great violet schools of Portuguese man-o-war, and, yes, sharks, the big ones, the 15-footers. And as if this wasn't enough, there was a hot, dank, rotten-smelling wind that came at us day and night off the jungle swamps of the mainland. A wind that smelled like death. Set in the base of the light was a watertight bronze door, and in you went, and up. Yes, up and up, and round and round, past the tanks of oil and the coils of rope, cases of wicks, racks of lanterns, sacks of spuds, and cartons and cans, and up, and up, and up, round and round. Over the light storeroom was the food storeroom. And over the food storeroom was the bunk room where the three of us slept. And over the bunk room was the living and cooking room. And over the living and cooking room was the light. She was a beauty, balanced like a ballerina on the glistening steel axle of her rotary mechanism. night, you'd lie there on the stone deck of the gallery, with the light revolving smoothly and quietly over your head, easing her bright white eye 360 degrees around the horizon. You'd lie there, watching to see that the feeders kept working, that everything ran right. It wouldn't be bad. The other two fellows snoring in their sacks two levels down. You'd smoke your pipe to kill the stink of the wind. And it wouldn't be bad. About those other two, Louis and Auguste, what a pair. Louis, he was head man, was a big fellow from the Basque country. Black beard, little hard black eyes, and a pair of arms that, I tell you those arms were as big around as my legs. Yes, head man he was And what word he let go was law Silent fellow and Although I spent my first two weeks Trying to strike up a real conversation The
0: most I could ever get out of him was. Uh, I took up this profession Because I don't like people They talk too much It's quiet work Like tending Let's keep it that way you're getting to be as bad as August. I thought maybe for once they'd send me somebody. That who was would Louis. Keep his mouth. And when he accused me of becoming like August, I quieted down
2: because August was the talkingest man I've ever met, the talkingest and the ugliest. He was hunchbacked, stood four feet high, had red hair and big blue
3: eyes. It seems he'd been an actor in Paris. Over 200 different productions, dear boy, at the Grand Guignol. Oh, but it was monstrous, horrible. The way we used to scare the audience, I, I was hated. Yes, yes, they used to throw things and hiss and bare their teeth at me. Finally, it got too bad. I couldn't stand it any longer. I gave up the theater. My nerves, you understand, yes, gave it up completely. I really did. I couldn't
2: It all started one morning at 2.30. I was on watch, lying on the cool stone deck, pulling on my pipe, staring out at the blackness, the phosphorescent combers and the big yellow stars, when, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed something show up for a second, something the light had touched, far off. I waited for her to come around again, and when she did, there it was. Free master, a big one, about a half mile off, and coming down out of the north-northwest, coming straight for us. You must understand, our light was where it was for a very good reason. Dangerous, submerged reefs surrounded us and ships kept clear. But this one, this sailing vessel, was coming straight on. I went over to the gallery door and yelled down. the glasses out now I couldn't read her name but I could see her quite plainly all sails set the foam creaming away under her bow her beautiful lines a Dutch ship I guessed her why didn't she turn every time it passed our light hit her with the glare of day ship where north-northwest the light will touch her in a moment Uh, oh can't she see us look at her she just keeps coming on the square heads
3: what is it what is it watch north-northwest Ah, I know, I know what it is. What? The Dutchman, the Flying Dutchman. We did a play about her. What? Oh, what a performance! You ghastly galleon, hag-ridden, curse-driven, mustard. Oh, shut another? up, will you?
0: Yeah, she's laughing. Yes. It's a sloppy way to come about. She's derelict. That's it. Derelict. Abandoned. Crew left her for some reason or another. But instead of sinking, she's gone on, running before every wind. She'll not run long. Not with his
3: reefs to break her up.
0: A beautiful ship. Now, why would men leave a beautiful ship like that? She didn't ram us, although we all expected it.
2: But as we waited for the crash, she luffed again. Caught some odd gust and went about. We watched her the rest of those black hours, heeling and rocking, pushed and pulled by every stray wind, every freak current. Watched her until the dawn came, till the sea turned from black to pearly gray. And on she came again, heading for us. We all had our glasses trained on her now.
0: August, you can kill the light. Right, Chief. She doesn't look so good
2: by daylight. Think she'll ground this time? I say, do you think she'll ground this time?
0: Yeah, this is impossible. Absolutely impossible. What? Here, take my glasses. They're better than yours. All right. What is it, jerk? Oh, I had to focus.
2: And then... my breath froze in my throat. The decks were swarming with a dark brown carpet that looked like a gigantic fungus, but undulating... And on the masts and yards, the guys and all, were hundreds, no thousands, no mini. I don't know. An inestimable number
0: of tremendous rats. See them?
2: Yes, I see them.
0: Now we know why she's derelict. Yes, now we know.
3: What are you two doing? Here, give me a look.
0: Yes, give him the glasses Take a good look, Chatterbox Give you something to talk about She's still heading for us Yes
2: Uh, uh, If she's going to turn, she'd better turn soon Suppose she doesn't You mean suppose she piles up on the
0: quay? It's low tide Yes, yes it is Well, where's all the conversation, August? Here, you want the glasses again? You want another look? No, no She's still coming on Go away! Go away! Turn, will you? Turn, I say! I pray you turn! Cracked up. The rats! Look! On the water! Like a carpet! They're swimming! Sure, they're swimming! Those are ship rats! But they're swimming for the rocks!
2: The door below! It's open! Well, come on! And down we went. Racing down the stone stairs, taking them three and four at a time. Scared? You
0: bet we were scared. August, you get the windows. Maybe they can climb. We don't know. Right, Chief. But hurry! Hurry! Look.
2: Uh, You see them? No. Oh, yes, I do. Up at the other end of the rock.
0: Look at them. Millions. Uh, They smell us. Here they come. Close the door I can't Stop Here Let me Move You Made it Holy That was close One got in Look There Well get him Watch it Kick him What a brute
2: he was as big as a cat. Bigger! And his eyes were wild and red. His teeth long and sharp and yellow. He went for us. Starving ravenous. And we fought him. Fought that one rat all over the room. It was... Oh, believe me, I don't exaggerate. It was like fighting a panther. Yeah, I got it. We'd better get aloft. Yeah. We ran up the winding staircase. We passed the tiny windows of the various levels. And at every one was a thick, wriggling, screaming curtain of brown fur. I was ahead of Louis, and I dreaded each successive
0: level. Suppose they had found a way in.
3: Look at them! Oh, will you look at them? It's
0: a nightmare. Will you look at them?
3: The air of the gallery
2: was thick and fetid with the stink of them. The light was dim, brown, filtered through the crawling mass that swarmed over the glass, all about us. We couldn't see the sky, nothing, nothing but them. Their red eyes, their claws, their wriggling hairy snouts, and their teeth. The rats. They screamed and howled and threw themselves against the glass. They were starving, and we three, we stood very quietly.
0: Oh, very
2: very quietly in the center of the glass room under our beautiful light
0: and we waited. What can we do? What
2: can we do, Chief?
0: Take it easy. Take it
2: easy. I can't I, I I Just can won't do any good to... It won't do any good to stand here and shake.
0: That's right. Go away. Go away, do you hear me? Go away, Chief. They won't go away. Not until. Felicity! Not until. What? Not until they've been fed.
2: You can take just so much horror, and then you get used to it. And they were interesting to watch, you know. They couldn't understand the glass. They could see us and they could rush at us. But that thin, invisible barrier held them off, stopped them. From time to time, we caught a glimpse of the rocks below. More rats down there. Swarming brown velvet in the bright tropical sunlight. And then the tide began to rise. Me to drown some of them.
3: <laughs> Ships rats don't drown. <laughs> no, sir. You can't drown one of them. <laughs> They're all climbing up the tower.
0: This bunch around us is getting thicker. Uh, say, what's the time?
3: Quarter of six.
0: You've got first watch, Sean. All right. Wake me at ten. I will. Come along. I'll go. It was getting dark.
2: One side of the room was lit a soft, filtered red. Sunset. ...through the rats. Oh, very pretty. I set the wicks... ...checked my fuel... and ...then lit the lamp. It caught them. lit them in their gigantic wriggling web of pale hairless bellies... ...twitching red tails, bright eyes. And then I started the rotary motor. The light drove them mad... ...as she swung slowly and smoothly about... She blinded them in the fierce, stabbing bar of light... ...moving continually about, ever turning, ever touching... ...ever moving around and around. And they, twitching and shuddering... ...eyes flaming when they were struck by the light... ...the bright light moving. And behind, on the dark side of the room... ...so close, so close... I dare not turn my back... ...but you can't help turning your back when you're in a room made of glass. On the dark side of the room... You couldn't see them, but only their eyes. Thousands of points of blank red light, blinking and twinkling like the
1: stars of hell.
2: And when I came up into the gallery early the next morning, there stood Auguste, his back to me. He was bowing to the rat's. Waving his arms and making a
3: speech. My dear, dear, audience, I am going to play once again that magnificent role which made me the toast of the Paris theater. Play Lottie, the evil genius of the medieval underworld. I am he who did guide the dark soul he of Paris. I stood staring at him horror-struck,
2: <laughs> but he didn't notice me. The man, man had gone mad. He kept turning, <laughs> telling his stories to all the rats, leaving <laughs> no, no one out. August!
3: August! Another one, a late drummer. Take a seat on the aisle. Dear patroness, stop it. Stop it. The bloodstained monster was didn't my partner in iniquity. He went on, bowing Together and scraping to the rats, his, his big blue eyes
2: rolling and winking, children. his wild red hair the waving about him.
3: Sunset. I grabbed him by the arms
2: and touched <laughs> his face. He looked at me like a child, and then his face screwed up. He looked as though he were about to cry.
3: Go below. Go on. Oh, very well then Later, my dear audience, later Matinee today
2: Sure, he was crazy But I guess we all were A few hours later, he came back up and caught Louie and me teasing the rats Yes, sounds horrible It was fun we would get right up against the glass and make faces at them. It drove them crazy. They would scratch away, trying to get at our eyes. Louie was even cuter about it. He'd pull a piece of bread out of his pocket and press it against the glass.
0: The rats would
2: scramble into a solid ball, biting each other, clustering like grapes. From time to time, a whole knot of them would slip and fall the 110 feet to the
0: surf below. Look, look at the sharks eating them. Those sharks are our friends. Ah. Here, here, I'll get another bunch together. <laughs> here, my beauties. Ah, that's it. File up. Kill each other. Ah.
4: <laughs> ah, there they go.
2: August joined in, too. Very ingenious, August. He learned that if he spread eagle himself against the glass, they'd bunch and bundle against his figure. Then he'd leap back. Look! My
3: portrait!
2: It went on all day. And then... I was lying in bed. It was about midnight. I was very tired and I was just beginning to fall off to sleep... when I became conscious of a new sound... I couldn't figure it at first. I got up, lit the lamp, and went to the window. Even as I looked out, I saw one of the panes begin to sag in. They had eaten the wood away. Louis, come quick! What? What is it? They found a way in! I held the glass with my hand. Now they were all going crazy, and assured of the success of this maneuver, were all nibbling away at the wood. Louis ran below and then returned with a large sheet of tin. We spread it against the window and hammered it into place. Even as we did so, we felt the heavy bodies thudding against the other side as the window gave way.
0: There. That a hold. If it doesn't, we're done for. Rats can't eat tin. No, they can't. But what was that? I don't know. Came from below. The storeroom window. Yeah. they're in. They're swarming up the stairs. Drop the trap! Hey! There! What? Two of them
2: got in. Let's go after them. We didn't have to go after them. They came at us. I leaped to one side and grabbed a marlin spike, swung, and smashed one in midair. No! I whirled to see Louis with the other. It had ripped his hand open and the blood was pouring out. He held his hand
3: aloft and kicked at the snarling rat. I stepped and swung and got him. Oh,
0: my hands! He got my hand. Uh, that's both of them,
3: Louis.
2: I'll get you something to tie that up.
0: Blood! Look at it, my blood, I bleeding. Don't worry about it, Louis.
2: Here. I'll wind this kerchief around it. It'll be okay. Blood. Uh, there. There, that's not bad. Just the flesh. And then I became conscious of a new sound they were gnawing their way through the wooden trap door. I watched the wood, fascinated. And even as I did, it began to give way, and a bristling whiskery
3: nose showed through.
0: Louie! Uh, we've got to go up! Uh, 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 uh.
2: The next level was the living quarters and kitchen. I slammed the trap there, but it too was wood. Oh... Uh,
0: My blood What are we going to do? I don't know They'll be through this one in a minute Uh, To the gallery The trap door in the gallery is metal Good, come on Uh. 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 We
2: made it We lay across the trap door Exhausted While below us the rats took over the entire tower I could hear them howling and fighting over our food supply, our water, our leather. And all about us, the others screamed and glared in at us, swayed in a tangled mass, hypnotized by the ever-turning light. By morning, the air in the little room was horrible. Until now, we'd been getting air from the tower below. Now that was sealed off. And so was all our food and water. We lay exhausted, panting, waiting, waiting. And the hours crawled on. I was almost dozing from fatigue... when I saw a sight that brought me too
3: fast. Would you like to come in, my beauties? Would you? I hold the powers of life and death and I can let you in, you know. August was standing by the glass... And in one hand, he held a big wrench.
2: He was tapping the glass gently, not quite hard enough to break it. I eased myself to my feet and slowly, very slowly, tiptoed toward him.
3: All I had to do is tap just a little harder. And, uh,
2: I found a coil of wire in the tool kit and I trussed him up, fastened him to a stanchion in the center of the room. Louis was of no help. He lay on his side looking at his bloody hand, weak and sick as a baby. So there I was, a lunatic and a coward for company. And all about, watching our little drama, The Rats. The day dragged by. The supply boat wasn't due for another 12 days. I don't know what they could have done if they had come. And we had only one way of summoning them. That was to shoot off distress rockets. But the rockets were four floors below. And even if they'd been right there in the gallery, I couldn't have opened a window to fire them. I tended the light, but its flame was devouring our oxygen. The following day, we lay thirst-tormented, starving, waiting. And the following night, I again tended the light. But the small supply of spare wicking we kept in the gallery had become exhausted. And quite suddenly, at about midnight, the light went out. There was nothing I could do. Wicks
0: were stored three levels below.
2: Nothing I could do. Nothing. From time to time, I'd strike a match to see the clock. And when I did, it lit up the million red eyes about us. All about it. Watching. Waiting. Below, it had grown quiet. They'd cleaned us out, and now they, too, were waiting. All waiting. Then... The rats, quite suddenly, were silent. And then I heard it. And then I saw the sky and the stars. The rats were gone. I went to the glass. Out there on the water, a small freighter, a banana boat, showing a few lights came softly and innocently towards us. Our light was out. They didn't know. I... I wanted to open the windows, to call out to them, to warn them somehow. But I was afraid. What if the rats were hiding from me, tricking me? So I waited... She grounded very softly on a reef not 200 yards from the quay. Grounded so gently that the man playing the cornet, was he a passenger, crewman, off watch, didn't even stop playing. They tried washing her back off. I could have told them to save their fuel. The tide was rising, would have floated her free. And I waited. That's all. That's the story. The sun came up, and there wasn't a rat on the whole quay. Every last one of that terrible army had left us. Gone back to sea on their new ship. August. Insane asylum. He never recovered. And Louis? They took him into Cayenne where he died of blood poisoning from his bite. Yes, that's the whole of it. And if you'll excuse me now, I must go set my traps. (laughs) No, no, mouse traps. No rats in this lighthouse. I should say not. Life in the lights isn't bad. But sometimes, when I see a strange vessel approaching... I get a little nervous. Sure. Somewhere on the seas, there's a little banana boat without a crew. That is, without a human crew.
1: Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robson. Tonight, we have presented Three Skeleton Key by George Tudus, adapted for radio by James Poe. Featured in the cast were Elliot Reed as Jean, Bill Conrad as Louis, and Harry Bartel as Auguste. Special music was arranged and conducted by Adele Castillo. Next week...
0: You are standing on the deck of a ship headed on an illegal mission to Central America. Before you, holding a gun in your stomach, is a desperate man who has just given you the choice between being killed or becoming a
1: murderer yourself. Next week, we escape with John and Gwen Bagney's exciting tale of a murderous trio of gunrunners in Central America, Maracas. Goodbye, then, until the same time next week when once again we offer you Escape. (laughs) Tune now for Life with Luigi, which follows over most of these CBS stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.